bitch, Craig. I love that robot. Uh, David was laughing. It's fine. We can keep the laughing in. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Never Made Varsity. My name is Colby. You can find me on Twitter at Colby Complaints. I had to think about that one for a second. I did hey, everybody. think about it. Hey, everybody. It's David. You can find me on Twitter at DRiver1222 because I stopped plugging my burner. Um, yeah, I'm ready for I'm ready for for Christmas. Hello again, everybody. It's your boy Maverick. You can find me on social media at Heartbreak underscore underscore kid. And I am Aaron, and you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. Gang, gang. How are we, team? Good. All right. Awesome. They, we're here yeah. for the Christmas they season. See, they can't see that. In this time, in a when we're in a <laughs> pandemic like this, and and stuff just changes week to week, it. Sometimes you just have to think when you get asked that question. <laughs> like, almost like you have to check, like, am I okay? Did something just happen? So sometimes you have to actually think it through. It's some, it requires some thought. I have been really productive at work, but I've also been really busy at work. Um, so it balances out. But I like being really productive. So it's had me happy. I've also Got been one week. busy at work. Yeah, one. We, uh, when you work for one of the, or yeah, I'm sure school is probably really crazy right now too. Yeah, we just the, our our school board just voted to go back to virtual until MLK Day, so we'll be um I'm all virtual next week and I'm all virtual the next two week after Christmas break, and then at MLK Day the plan is to go back, but if stuff is worse after Christmas, then we don't know. Yeah. When you work for one of the largest tourist destinations in the state of North Carolina that right now this time of year offers an evening admission to the home that goes particularly at night and then there's a state mandate that says you have to close at a certain time of night it it creates some busyness. That's fair. Everyone's trying to get up out of there by you know what like when do you, do you guys kick them out at a certain time? Yeah, so I, we, now that it's been announced, I can like discuss it. So everybody has to be out by a ten. So we're okay. So it's we're not like people in at eight forty-five at the very latest. Got it. I was gonna wonder so, if they like you had to get them out the door by a certain time. Yeah, so they, like get out. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Except you yeah. do have to go. You kind of have to do. You do kind of have to go home, actually. Yeah. <laughs> For me, we are in full swing with calendar year-end appeal, asking for all that money. So me, who works for the people who ask for the money, I am I am very busy right now. But that's okay, because even in our ever-changing lives, especially nowadays, one thing is always consistent, and that is Miami disappointing people in December. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's break this down. That was Just a like fun game. Content. I had a great time. Monta Williams and Michael Carter broke down Miami's defense. Like, sheesh. That was, um, they had something to say. So, 700, 700 plus total yards of offense 
what was the final? It was over 500, but does anyone remember off the top of their head? The final it was 534, 536 yards rushing between uh, Carter <laughs> and Williams. It's the most by a duo uh, combined in FBS history for a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's also the two highest yards totals per rushing that Miami's given up ever. So they got their first highest rushing total and second highest rushing total. Which is so. funny because the, the they, they brought it up during the game about why Mac Brown fired Manny Diaz right after that BYU game about Taysom Hills because they gave up like, what was it, 600 yards of offense or something like that with like 400 rushing yards. And now it's Manny Diaz again against the Mac Brown team. And he's just like, you know what, I'm just going to run this down your throat because I know I know Matt knows his inefficiencies and his blind spots. Yeah. Mac Brown said, I'm going to punk this dude in front of his family, is what he said. But how can it be a blind spot? We, we, they know, like everybody in the country knows that this offense is predicated on being able to run the ball. So, how you overlook that facet of the game, like FSU had it right where they were trying to stack the box and force us to, to, to try and get those, those, those like passes um but those run option slants or sorry pass option slants weren't working and so we just never got in the flow of it there were a lot of things in the fsu game that didn't work out other than that but like miami it just didn't seem like miami was trying it was like michael carter and javante williams were getting like 10 and 15 like yards per carry i think somewhere around that range which is yeah javante averaged 10.3 yards a carry and michael averaged 12.8 yards a carry so 10 12 yeah and but like a pass, they had over like a hundred yards before them. contact, even like it's not even it was pre-contact that they were getting yards, so, so they were getting virtually untouched for ten odd yards before finally getting contact with one a defensive player. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, they looked bored out there. Miami's defense—they <laughs> did not look like they were into this game at all, which is shocking. Like we can talk about it later, but like with an orange bowl on the line, like would expect some sort of like fire and fight and there was like none of it like they flipped they um cut to manny diaz like giving his team a pep talk and they all look checked out and that was in like the first that was in the first half yeah that was in the first half it's not like we were running like bunch of like exotic we weren't pulling a coastal like it's not like we were we weren't doing what miami was trying to do a lot of the first quarter running a lot of gadget plays or things to like try and trick them we were just running the ball with counter right we were just running counter out of shotgun off the right tackle the entire game until like the midway through the third quarter when we ran counter left who caught him off guard (laughs) (laughs) tendency breaker (laughs) <laughs> no but seriously so i mean over and over and i mean i'll take it it was entertaining for me <laughs> yeah but you think about like you know miami being a top 10 team us coming in off of a loss to you know notre dame we've lost to uva we've lost to fsu like but we still have that hype behind us and come in to Miami, at Miami, and smack them like that. And I, you know, my favorite uh, Carolina beat writer, Ross Martin, was said tweeted something, and <laughs> I'm glad that you <laughs> uh, <laughs> tweeted something that I actually agreed with, which was that um, 
uh, the biggest play of the game that kind of set the tone was when we were up. I think it was it might have been fourteen zero or or sorry fourteen three or or seven three, and um, Gemmel made a great tackle on third down to keep them from converting. And then they go for it on fourth down without our defense set. And Chaz Surratt comes screaming up the middle and stops them on fourth down and immediately 65-yard touchdown for Michael Carter. Like, that swing, like, set the tone for the entire game, I feel like. I mean, that's the kind of football I like where we're mm-hmm. – we're going to line up. We're going to be more physical than you. And there's nothing you're gonna But it was was Baylor 2015 against us, and we're gonna talk about 2015 in in a little bit. But I imagine for Miami, it felt like what that what that um, Russell Athletic Bowl felt like for us. It is like there. I don't know what (laughs) what we're supposed to do here. Yeah. And this was a Miami defense that was one of the best in the ACC. So. I, that's what I think what made it more shocking. And so I think it comes down just to a simple idea of execution because I know they have players. They have studs. And then you have a team like Florida State and you have a team like UVA that we thought we very well beat and be better than, but they executed when we did it. So I think that comes down to and You can say that if that comes down to a player thing or a coaching thing, I mean, I think in this case, coaching, I don't think coaching could have helped them. And it's kind of what – uh, Colby said where that like lining up and saying we are going to be more physical than you are is something that I felt was la- was lacking in the smart fast physical area era of uh, <laughs> of uh, Carolina football yeah because they did not specify at what point you become smart fast and physical fast and physical <laughs> um <laughs> That was, yeah, it was a good win. It was a fun win. Um, my computer is dying, so I'm going to go get my charger, but y'all keep talking about the game. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I can talk about it for a while. We can talk about yeah. the fact that, you know, Sam Howell kept the streak going and got a rushing and a receiving touchdown on top of it. I think it was it was either Maverick or somebody else that tweeted about getting the Marquise Williams, uh, the Marquise Williams uh, trifecta. <laughs> yeah, we hit the the Carolina special once again, and we had two U downs from Michael Carter and Sam Howell. I just love it. Put those in gift form immediately. But I think you said it specifically, David and Jack, where it was this was just so cathartic because this is by far the most complete game from a Carolina football team I have seen in a very long time. Offense, defense, special teams, complete. And we finally started out hot started out quick and also got stopped on defense and Mm -hmm. i think the big story is it was a lot of production from first year players you have jaquarius conley looked like an absolute beast he got a sack you have someone like kamari morales tight end gets his first touchdown which extended sam howell streak as you said and you still have a des evans uh, you had tony grimes who got who should be in high school right now and got down quarterback a massive pick he ripped that ball out of the wide receiver's hand. He got beat for a portion of that for that run and still managed to come out with a pick. So these are young guys that are making solid plays on the defense. And if that's a sign of things to come, we have a lot to look forward to. 
I want to talk about Miami's defense for a second because I feel like hopefully they learned from the Notre Dame game. So Notre Dame is, I think they, they fall into seventh in, in um, yard, opponents yards per carry this season. Um, so I what I was saying all week leading up to that game is we need to throw the ball, we need to throw the ball, we need to throw the ball, and we didn't. This game, Notre Dame's pass rush is their strength. And what you know what we did? We ran the ball. We didn't throw the ball. I mean, we threw the ball. It's not like we we didn't throw the ball. But I'm not sure where our splits are, but we were doing what was working. And what was working is what they weren't good at. And that's the sort of preparation I want to see from this coaching staff game in and game out. Now, is it preparation or is it we what we're, we happen to be good at is ha- happens to be what Miami is the best at? Maybe. But I, I want to see that sort of game planning going forward. So, as it stands right now, we 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 ran we ran twenty pass plays and we rushed the ball fifty five times. Love it. I mean, just straight up, I think that we're talented enough at both of them that we can just do whatever the other team is worse at defending like we have a good enough quarterback and good enough receivers that if the other team has a bad rushing def- rush defense we should be able to pass the ball game and if they have a bad run defense we have the best running back tandem in the country just run the ball down their throats run it 60 times again and just realizing the best running back duo in the country full stop this completely validated that we've been saying it all year but I don't know how you can argue against it at this point. 2,000-yard rushers, um, both averaging absolutely like unheard of averages per rush. And then Javante Williams would even talk about he broke the season record for touchdowns, uh, beating the what, near 40, 50-year record for Don McCauley, who had 21. And Javante now has 22 touchdowns. He deserved it. I mean, it's uh, what else can you say about him? And also, shout out to our offensive line, which held up beautifully, you know, and even with our center getting hurt. Um, I mean, there's a lot of positive things that you can take away from yeah. that game that you, you can start. You can not only do you have, you know, things in the short term that you're feeling good about, but you can also start looking down the road and be like, oh, we got some dudes who are young. Who can still make? Who can make some noise even past this year? So we're. I'm excited. I, there's a, a, a sense of optimism as you end the season when you talk when you're talking about Tar Heel football, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So let's keep that, looking forward. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say. I feel like with a statement win like we had last night, no matter what Hashtag happens statement. in our. Thank you. No matter what <laughs> happens in our whole game, I. Think, you can't listen to any success. Uh, thank you for that segue. Let's like, talk we are, about... Sorry, my wife keeps breaking up. I was going to say, we are Notre Dame not being in the ACC this year away from an ACC championship game appearance. So let's, let's look at our bowl games. Bowl game chances. So I think consensus says if Clemson beats Notre Dame next week, We'll probably both get into the playoff. And 
Carolina will go to the Orange Bowl, which will be our first Orange Bowl berth ever. I am not sure about the likelihood of that happening. I think this Notre Dame team is really, really, really good. <laughs> so, it, like, you can see that from her game against Miami. I mean, again, Miami's defense isn't bad, but we saw what Notre Dame did to us. And then we we play against Miami and we break records. So I, I'm not sure what will happen there, but I would love to have our, our first Orange Bowl berth. And I, it's hard to call this season anything other than a success if we go to the Orange Bowl. Well, even if we, I mean, like, even if we don't go to the Orange Bowl, like, obviously the losses to FSU and, 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 um, and UVA are disappointing. But when you think about, like, you know, Mac Brown and what he, he's done, like, specifically this season, I mean, like, he, we won against State, Duke, Wake, and, uh, I mean, Western Carolina. I mean, but we knew that was, we knew that was coming. But you win the state, the in state games, which we always say, like, for UNC, you lose every other game, and you win the in the state games. It makes it, you know, a little, you know, it makes their season a little bit less harsh if you lost the other ones. You know what I'm saying? Um, he did that, and you beat a top 10 Miami team. You know, and you have other, you know, other games that we've won on top of that. And then you potentially have the the ability to have an Orange Bowl berth. I mean, I, yeah, like you said, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you call this season anything other than a success. And you know, you could point to how you know um, those those losses to FSU and UVA hurt, and you, we could have done better. But you think about like being still not that far removed from one to like what was it? What was our worst? It was a one win or two win seasons. Two win. Two win season. You know, you're not that far removed from that. You're, we're not that far removed from the Chaz Surratt, you know, soccer pass. <laughs> you know, which I so. think happened in Hard Rock Stadium. I think he, the first of which happened yeah. at Hard Rock Stadium. No, I I completely agree. I'm just really excited for this team. Honestly, it it we're trending in the in the right direction, and it feels good to feel good about football. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still just kind of. I was in a shock words just that we put up 62 points on Miami in Miami on a good Miami team. This is not this is not a down year for Miami by any stretch. No, I can reason away the UVA win. That FSU loss is terrible. It, it's a it's a horrible loss. We are they to Duke. No, Duke lost to Florida State yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So we are one of their two F- FBS wins this year, and, and it's hard to justify that. But ending the season like this is an absolute high point, and it's kind of like last year, where it's like, oh, we we can't let state ruin our chances, and then we just came out and it feels like this. Team is coaching. This coaching staff knows how to get this team up at the end of the season. I wish it could happen before the last game of the regular season, but I'm glad it, it did happen. Anything else from this game before we start looking at the rest of college football? I just also had to mention. I don't know how many hundreds of times y'all have seen that run that Javante did, where <laughs> it just looked like it was an NCAA football game, where did some jukes, did some spin moves, just straight up trucked the dude. Oh, it was fantastic. So, how, so, so, quick question, Stephen. Between, uh, sorry, I was gonna say, oh, 
<laughs> so I, well, I think go. we're like, it's fine. I think we're a little bit behind. <laughs> I think we're like, the sink is off. But um, between Michael Carter Williams getting two touchdowns and 300 yards and Javante Williams having two touchdowns, 200 yards, and breaking the record, controversial question who had the bigger game? I, I mean, it's not, it doesn't matter that much. I'm just here. Yeah. I'm just asking. In a one game sense, or because you have to acknowledge Javante breaking the record, but I would say in the game itself, I think it was Michael because Michael had over 300 yards rushing and he had the biggest touchdown run. And just what a way to end your your regular season as a senior in his home state. Uh, Mav, do you want to ask your question? So, yeah, so I mean, I think this team. As I think maybe get some parallels with another team, uh, certain things potentially going to at least the state of Florida for a bowl game due to their success. We have the the 2015 team that went 11 and one behind Mark Weiss Williams with that loaded wide receiver core with Bug Howard, Quinshaw Davis, Matt Collins, Brian Switzer, you name it. Um, and then you have this 2020 team led by Sam Howell, Deion Brown, Daz Newsom, Bo Corrales, Emory Simmons, you name it. Um, I think there's a lot of similarities between these teams. They both have proclivities for breaking records and just being offensive juggernauts um, with pretty good expectations towards the end of the season. I'm just curious what y'all would think maybe in like a fantasy matchup between the two teams or just flat out who you think might be the better team overall. Um, I said <laughs> I, I don't think it's close. I don't think the 2015 team is nearly as good as this 2020 team. I agree. Like, without question, I think that the 2020 team is better than the 2015 team. I think that they are similarly loaded receiving-wise, but I think that the running backs on the 2020 team blow the brakes off the 2015 team team. And on top of that, I feel like the 2015 team, a lot of what they had going in their favor was an incredibly easy schedule. Yeah, I was about to say, let's let's go through this winning streak, this 11-game winning streak. So, uh, lost South Carolina and Charlotte. This, this is the year that we won all of our home and away games and lost every single neutral site game. <laughs> so, we, <laughs> we, we lose to South Carolina and Charlotte. B-A-N-T. Fun game, fun halftime show. Glad to be a part of it. Beat Illinois. Beat Delaware. Beat Georgia Tech in Atlanta. That was a close game, seven-point game. Uh, beat the breaks off of a not-good Wake Forest team. Uh, beat Virginia again at home. Go to Pitt and beat the number 23 Pittsburgh um, Panthers, which that's a good win. Good win. We then um, we hang sixty some on Duke, uh, beat Miami, and I believe that is the Queese um you down, down game. Yep. Uh, then beat Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. Is is that um Beamer's last game in Blacksburg, yeah. and that's the game that won us the, the coastal. It was Which, again, game good win, and the. NC State game, uh, where we won by 11 points in Carter Finley. 
it's not exactly <laughs> a great schedule. Only one of those teams was ranked, and that was Pitt. And Larry Fedora had Pitt's number for whatever reason. And then when we played number one Clemson, we lose an eight-point game where we should have gotten another chance. Um, and then, again, the Baylor game that we talked about. It's not a bunch of good wins on that schedule. I thought there would be at least a temptation because they went 11-1 and one still. Um, they also played Clemson very close in the, the meeting. Because I kind of maybe also combine the ideas of 2019 and 2020 because th- this squad, mo- for the most part, beat South Carolina where 2015 didn't and won that type of a game where mm-hmm. 2015 didn't. Also played Clemson even closer than 2015 did. So I, I thought it was a very interesting question. I, I mean, I'd, I'd pay to watch that game of Marquise versus Sam Howell. I mean, this year our wins, like Boston College is a decent win. It's not a bad win. It's not a great win, but it's decent, especially on the road early in the season. Virginia Tech, that was a ranked win, whether it should have been or not. Um, Virginia Tech's kind of fallen off the wagon this season. And going for, again, for a state horrible loss. I still think that state is good. <laughs> I don't think state's bad. They they have beaten the teams they're supposed to beat. They lost to the teams they're supposed to lose to. Um, and then the Miami win is, is really good. Uh, it's just that um, that Florida State loss is so bad. But I don't know. Yeah. But like I said, this might, it was our first top 10 win. Since we beat Miami in 2004, mm-hmm. so it was just an interesting question I had. But like I said, both going to Florida for a bowl game, and the Orange Bowl is ACC Big Ten. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Who do you, who, it's no, oh because wait, because the playoff because the Rose Bowl playoff. playoff yeah, when it's non-playoff, it's ACC Big Ten. I think because Florida State. No, no, no. no. The Rose Bowl is ACC Big Ten, or the Rose Bowl is Pac-12 Big Ten. The Orange Bowl is ACC against anyone. I think. Okay, because I thought because I remember Florida State played Michigan. Yeah, Michigan was just like an at-large bid for that. I think, or maybe the Rose Bowl was a playoff bowl that year. So I'm when anxious the, who when, we would catch. Did you say math? I was saying I was just anxious who we were going to catch in that at-large bid or whoever does secure it. Um, I've seen Texas A&M. That's what I saw. Which I, I don't want to play a Texas A&M, but... I don't know. Did you see that team play, play Auburn? Who just fired their head coach? Yeah, it turns out it was actually a fire Gus here. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> um... Let's let's talk about college football this week because did y'all watch the um the LSU Florida game? I did not, but I I've heard about this infamous shoe throwing. I caught the end after the after the yeeting of the shoe. <laughs> so I don't know. I was doing something else, and then I decided to watch like the last five minutes of the game. So I saw the the yeeting of the shoe. And I honestly didn't even see him do it live, but. For those of you who don't know, on third down, after a stop, um, LSU was about to punt the ball. The Florida player, I'm not going to say his name because I'm sure he's going to get um, piled on this <laughs> this weekend, and he, he doesn't need more of that from me. But, oh, are you drinking a, an R&D there, uh, Aaron? Yes, I am. Same here. Oh, what's flavor? Anyway. I am doing <laughs> for this tangent. 
is the the resolution. Oh, nice. I'm doing. I'm not gonna turn mine because it's still got liquid in it. Passion fruit goes. I got it at the store yesterday because it sounded good and it's really, really, really good. Highly recommend it. I don't love it. Carla likes it a lot. Anyway, back to. I really the, like sours. So like, you yeah. don't like sours anyway. at all. Um. <laughs> Anyway, LSU was about to punt the ball, but Florida, the Florida player side, it was a great idea to pick up my guy's shoe. And as the refs say, um, threw it 40 yards downfield. <laughs> Who throws a shoe? Honestly. Thank you, Aaron. I know that reference. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> so, and then LSU drives down the field and picks the game-winning field goal. 57-yard field goal, by the way. It was, not, it was not an easy one, but... Yeah. That was a fun end to that game. Other than that, I mean, the, the USC-UCLA game, USC only knows how to do offense when they're down seven uh, with less than a minute to go. <laughs> Sounds like Dude. Phillip Rivers getting the ball 80 yards to go <laughs> with one minute left and no timeouts. Did I send you the tweet of the guy who switched fandoms at halftime of the game of the USC UCLA game. You did not. Oh, it's really funny. Let me to, or did they push to the, the winning fandom? The, no, uh, they were actually just like concurrently a fan of both. One so I just sent on Twitter. Basically UCLA tweeted the halftime graphic and the guy replied, great first half up by 11, go UCLA Bruins football. And the USA t- USC tweeted their halftime graphic, and the guy replied, "Boring first half, down by eleven. Go USC Trojans football." I loved it. <laughs> uh, but USC hangs on to their bell. Coastal Carolina pulled out a close one at the end. My shots <laughs> pulling it out. Listen, I still they should make the seat the college football playoffs for the chaos. True, or Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati has another chance for a good win. Like, a, 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 a not-so-goodness good win. Aaron, are you thumbs-downing because you, you want the Bucks to make the playoffs? I'm thumbs-downing because I think either of them would get the crap beaten out of them by okay. any of the top four teams. Here's my honest opinion. I think that Cincinnati has less of a chance than the Coastal. I honestly believe that. Just because Coastal's offense is so hard to plan for. It's like if Georgia Tech made the final, <laughs> made the playoff, it would never happen. But no team wants to play Georgia Tech on short notice, as BYU learned a couple weeks ago. I legitimately believe that if Coastal got a chance, just give them a chance in the playoff, they might surprise some people. Um, also, their center is only five nine, and it makes me happy. center can stick up to an Alabama defensive lineman. He's really good. He's, he's legit actually really good. The thing is, they normally don't they pull him a lot, so he doesn't have to block a lineman. He's normally blocking a linebacker. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anything else in college football this week, or should we move on to basketball? Uh, I'm trying to think of ways to stall, because... <laughs> I don't want to talk about UNC basketball. I mean, we won. We're four and two. I'm worried, though. I'm David, very what are you worried about, David? Today is December 13th. We've played, what, six 
games. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Before before you all try to to, to drag me through the mud. For not, being no, I'm not trying to drag you through the mud. I'm not no, trying to drag you through no, the mud. No, 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 no. Just let me finish. I'm trying to drag you through. Let's 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 be clear. I am trying to drag you through the mud. Yes. Let me let me just the loss to Iowa is fine. Uh, that that doesn't bother me. I promise. The loss to Texas sucks and was winnable, but doesn't bother me as much. When you start off all of these games the way that we do, and we 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 decide to to just screw around until the under the under six or the under eight timeout media timeout, and and and, and you know you give. These teams, 10, 12, 14 point advantages, and you keep constantly having having to, to, to claw back. It's just not good basketball. It's not winning basketball. And that's going to work against a team like, you know, NCCU, but it's not going to work against, you know, the ACC schedule. And I'm just worried. I'm not saying we're going to go the same as 2020 or 2019-2020 season. I'm just saying I am concerned. I am concerned because we have freshmen out there and it's fine and they're growing and it's cool. But the the assist to turnover stuff has not been good. Our defense can be good, but it has its spurts where it's bad. And Garrison Brooks has still not gotten his mojo back. And it's starting to worry me. There are things to be happy about. There's things that we can look forward to. But I am just a little concerned. That's all I'm saying. I think you have right to be a little concerned. See? See? Thank you, Colby. <laughs> now, I, I do want Always to assuage... Concern. I want to assuage some of your not, concerns the, right now. It was not on fire. It's not The whole program is not on fire. I'm not calling for Roy Williams or anything. I'm just saying I'm a little concerned. The turnovers have been way too much from our guards. And, and our, just the offense can just be terrible. <laughs> Let me first say, um, you are. Uh, let me validate you saying <laughs> that right now, in the first 10 minutes of the game, we are minus 13 for the year, which is bad, not good. Uh, coming out of halftime, though, we're plus 55 for the year, <laughs> so like, we, we are coming out of halftime really, really well. I don't know why we can't do that to start the games. I that's beyond my, my scope of reasoning. And I will assuage you by saying when there is one or less freshman on the court, we are turning the ball over 13% of the time. There are two or three on the court, we're turning it over 20% of the time. There are four or five on the court, we're turning it over 40... Like 43 3.8 percent of the time which yeah. is bad but by the time we get to the middle of february we are not going to have four or five freshmen on the court at the same time so the times where the inexperienced players are is going to go down as the season goes on and they're going to get more experience at the same time so sorry if you can hear some some children scootering outside but <laughs> <laughs> i believe the turnover thing is still not good, but it will get better as the year goes on just by virtue of who's going to get more playing time. Because Rory isn't going to play the people who are turning the ball over all the time. Yeah, and I keep hearing this thing about how it's, it's, it's Caleb Love's fault 
when I'm pretty positive that we have a higher turnover rate when RJ is on the court. <laughs> like just, sorry, just RJ and not just versus like, if we're talking about single guard, like we're talking about just RJ on the court versus just Caleb Love on the, on the court. I'm pretty positive that the just RJ one has a higher turnover percentage. I, I really am ready for Anthony Harris to come back. I, yeah. I really think that that's, that's the thing. Once Anthony Harris comes back and RJ Davis can come off the bench and lead the second unit, it's going to change this entire team. I'm not sure what the time frame for that is. So, if it will yeah, even happen this year. So, we'll see. You know how, how Roy can be when when the player comes back from injury halfway through the year and they haven't played right. at all. So, so Aaron, what's your, I'm not, what's your... What's your case to drag me through the mud, Aaron? Why are you not worried? Drag me through the mud is it's December 13th. You know what games matter? The games in March and April. Yes, but as you have to make, make it, make it to, to March and April. You, you have to make it to March and April, Aaron. <laughs> Last yeah, and also I would like to revisit. I don't have the receipts in front of me, but I think that we can all agree on the anecdotal evidence that there is about an echo that takes one year to echo back on this podcast. And right around December 13th to December 25th every year, there is a member of this podcast who is panicking about Carolina basketball. I didn't say I was panicking. <laughs> I just said I'm concerned. I'm just concerned. I will at least say this. I was concerned that we ended up only winning by single digits to a team that has not practiced since the pandemic began. This was their first organized basketball activities. Like I said, uh, by the way, Jalen Hurts just threw a dime to Alshon Jeffrey, but we can get yes, to that uh, soon. Um, yeah, like I said, like it will, it will get better. The rotation side that will will close up. Um, I'm hoping. They, I mean, Daron Sharp's going to get a lot of minutes. Armando Bacot did a lot <laughs> last game. Um, I just Garrison not being able to find his footing. It kind of reminds me of Marcus Page. When you remember when Marcus Page had that funk for a little while, yeah, like he just couldn't. Like he has it, and you know he has it, but he just hasn't found it yet. Like I feel like Garrison's in that same kind of funk. Yeah, but Carolina has a week of practice for the next game before they play Ohio State. So we will see how much better they can get before then. So I'll be right. How bad is Kentucky? <laughs> yeah, I mean we're we're not Kentucky, so it's also a thing where everybody's struggling. Duke already has two losses this year. Kentucky's one in four, so it seems like a lot of strong teams are actually struggling. Y'all been keeping track of the the Coach K comments stuff, all that nonsense. I don't know. Or now that he's losing games, he conveniently wants to stop playing basketball. There we go. Because, <laughs> okay, so, like, he, so, like, he made some decent points. But when it's Coach K saying it, like, I feel like he loses credibility when, one, he starts losing games, and, two, it's not like he's not shown this kind of stuff before, like, when he conveniently gets back surgery or, like, uh, the one year that, uh, was it that, was it the same year that he, he took some time off that, um, like Jeff Capel took over for a little while. I can't remember. So they what took happened. their uniforms. 
Yeah, this is Yep. Yeah. So yeah, and I understand that part of it. I guess where I come in is it's not like the team's gonna get any better by the time <laughs> by the time they start playing ACC games. Like they're gonna keep losing. And I told y'all that they were gonna lose some games this year. And both of those games have been at home. They've been in Cameron. But I don't know. I feel like there's been a bit of an outsized response to this, especially from like ACC, especially from Carolina people. And I know why. I I have I honestly I honestly goodness believe this. I think that even if Duke was winning, he would be saying the same thing. Yeah, I agree. I just think that the timing is too convenient and that lets us give him shit for it. The quack. Sure. I, I mean, just, like, he, he, he has not earned the benefit of the doubt, is all I'm saying. In, in this in this scenario, yes. Yeah. It, it, the problem is, we've seen the beats to this story before. <laughs> yeah, it's not a it's not a single minded issue. It's a, it's a it's a complicated issue that requires multiple points of view and has can have many different opinions about. And who's to say which one is the correct one right now? But all I'm saying, Coach K being the one giving that is a little bit. I I don't want to hear from Coach K about stopping the season when your team sucks. For one, I think it requires one point of view, and that point of view is Coach K bad, and that's all you need to know. (laughs) (laughs) You can always count on Aaron for that. uh, (laughs) Expert analysis. Expert analysis. Analysis. All right. That's all I had to say about college basketball. Shall we move on to the NFL, which has kind of been a, a boring week so far? Draft position. I mean, <laughs> Panthers. It's turned to Panthers pick. Game off. Collision course. <laughs> Collision course, Kobe. Collision course. I, I really don't. So, okay. So, um, Carolina Blitz on Twitter out this question. I want to know what you think, David. Yeah. Does it matter that these games are close? No. <laughs> because they're still losses. <laughs> because, like, okay. I'm just not a moral victory person. I just don't... <laughs> I, just, I just... I don't... I don't... I don't subscribe to that. Um, like, cool. Like, but, but like, if they were against quality teams, like if we were like the Dolphins right now, like if, I, if we were playing like the Dolphins right now, I'd feel better. But there are so many things to be pissed about that are so easy to see that directly lead to losses that I just can't bring myself to feel good about it. Our secondary is trash. Our quarterback, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think Teddy is the long-term answer. Yeah, he's not, Teddy's not the future. He's not the future. And why we gave him that deal blows my mind. So Teddy's not the not the not the future. You you have just breakdowns in like okay so like I I think Matt Rule has the potential to be a good like have a good staff and have a good team. I think I've seen that. I feel like the the all around coaching has been better than when when Ron Rivera was around 
you know, at least as far as I'm like a cleanliness. Right away. It's putting together a really good season <laughs> in Washington, yeah. but anyway. and that's not a sli- that's not a slight on Ron Rivera. I'm just saying, but like there are so many things that were frustrating about like some like how the team was run and like some of the mistakes they would make. The only thing that hasn't changed for some ungodly reason is the delay of game penalties, like taking too long to call a play and get it run. <laughs> like that still has not gone away, and I don't know why. But in a year when we have more offensive weapons, even outside of Christian McCaffrey. The year we have more offensive weapons than ever, the fact that we are still losing games like this because our defense, one, our defense is so bad, and two, our play calling can be a little bit iffy sometimes. Joe Brady, for the most part, has been pretty good, but it's not been great. It's just like I don't, I'm not, I'm not to the point where I'm like, well, the Dolphins just lost by one possession to the Chiefs. I don't feel that, like, I don't feel like that sense of like, oh, well, you know, that's the Chiefs and, you know, it's a rising team. I'm st- we're still losing against bad teams. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get that. I'm still seeing this season as like a process. It's a culture season for me. So I don't know. We'll see going forward. I'm not super pressed about losses this season, but the things you mentioned are concerning. So who do you, so like where do you think that we go with the top, if if we end up getting a top five pick? I don't where do know. you go? What do you do? What know. do you address? Because the offensive I mean, I, line has been great. The secondary's I, been awful. I mean, if you're top five quarterback, yeah, <laughs> really though. But then, how do you justify that? Because how do you justify? Teddy's deal then at that point because now you're really screwed because then if you're well first of all Martin Her- Marty Herney needs to go that's one of the things that has to happen Herney needs to go GM sucks <laughs> like yeah I'm, I'm not sure why we rehired him but here's what I mean if we we're top five Zach Wilson should still be there at the fifth pick I really like him is he the BYU any team anytime anywhere yeah. yeah, and even in the coastal game, he played really well. It's just that um, he hasn't seen pressure like that all season, which is concerning. <laughs> when your quarterback suddenly sees pressure and he's not who he used to be, but he still he was still making the throws, and I think he has the physical weapons. I mean, he's a slightly less athletic Taysom Hill uh, to keep the BYU comparison. You can actually throw the ball, so I would be perfectly fine taking. Zach Wilson in the top five. But I don't know. I don't want to talk about the Panthers anymore. Uh, Matt, <laughs> uh, yeah, y'all be back this- today. <laughs> yeah, this was, the, this was the time to get right. So last week was a disappointment, to say the least. So Derek Henry, angry, ran over 200 yards yet again over the Jags. 31-10, I want to say the final score was. I really didn't have to pay much attention to it. So... We're on the cusp of clinching the playoffs. Right now, I think if Las Vegas can beat the Colts, we clinch. So, praying for the Raiders to win. Uh, we touched on the Chiefs-Dolphins game. Patrick Mahomes threw three interceptions today. Um, they still scored uh, over 30 points. <laughs> they are ridiculously unfair. And I think that's the only other like interesting outcome i mean we're recording this at like five o'clock so maybe some weird stuff happens in the late games but um the browns don't play till monday 
So Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, we play tomorrow. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. Um, touchdown pass, pretty back shoulder. Um, to the end zone. Now, so like the Eagles are still not going to be good with Jalen Hurts on the field, but it is going to be interesting to see what comes of it because Doug Peterson is not having his best coaching year. But then you add on top of it, like your your you know your your star quarterback has now been benched and put on the scouting team right now. So it, it's it's I wonder if they try and trade him. And then if you try and trade him, I wonder if you get his like if Carson Wentz truly is just suffering from lack of confidence and he actually is a, a good quarterback in disguise right now. Um, I wonder if you get actually get his true value. And if not, then you just get something for him and you call it a day. But I wonder how that's going to play out. That's just that's just an interesting thing that I want. I'm curious to see how it plays out. Because if you go to a team like Mavs. Yeah. yeah. I love how Mavs glasses are haunting us right now. Um, <laughs> I wonder how, I mean, if, if Carson Wentz is like nervous, if he has stage fright, like my guy, you're an NFL quarterback. Like, what are you doing? Like, it can't just be that. I mean, there are like, he does have mechanics issues. Like there are things in his throwing motion that aren't going to work at the NFL level. And they kind of, he's been doing that his entire career. Um, And, and Doug Peterson is helping him, as he said, on, on the coaching side. But I don't know what you even do with Carson Wentz right now, but I don't think it's a tenable situation for him with the Eagles. I do think it's a bit of a setup for the <laughs> for the Eagles to throw Jalen Hurts out there against the Saints of all teams. But um, it's kind of all I got for this week as far as sports. I'm trying to catch up on The Mandalorian. I will be caught up by next week. Boom. And the yeah, season finale is next week, and so we will finally be able to discuss. I am anxiously waiting. Full spoiler Mandalorian chat. It'll be fun. So ask your Mandalorian cues. Yeah, send us their Mandalorian questions. We'll, we will answer them. I started I, playing Jedi Fallen Order this week. I liking it. May come again. Uh, it's okay. I'm not a huge fan. I think it's just like. Uh, Cal is, like, really underpowered early in the game, and I'm still early in the game, and so it's very frustrating. And also, I feel like it's, like, it's hel- I don't like the mini-map, like, that uh, BD1 gives you that you can look at, so I don't use it. So I'm just kind of running around blind all the time, like, not really knowing where I should go, which it's my own fault. But, like, it's, like, get back to the ship. And I don't know how. So I spent a half hour trying to figure out how to get back to the ship. So it's okay. I'm, not playing I'm, it. I'm 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 still optimistic that I'm going to enjoy it more as the game progresses. I'm literally not playing anything right now. I mean, most of what I'm playing is FIFA 18. So <laughs> I I'm just waiting patiently um buy a, a PS5. What I'm doing. Which I can't find anywhere. I get notifications for Xbox. I get notifications as soon as they become available, and I still cannot get them. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to find one, but I I don't think I'm going to be able to find one before Christmas. Which you know what? It's fine. But I will be very frustrated if I can't find any in the new year. 
that's when I'll start getting frustrated. I'm ready to spend my money. <laughs> like, even if it's just to put it on back order and like say that like, you will not get it before this date, I feel like I would definitely put my money down just to know that I'm getting one at some point. Yeah, me too. I refuse to buy one from a reseller. So, oh, while we're here, no, um, at, as we were going, um, the new SP Plus rankings came out. So I can tell y'all really quick where the predictive models have us at the top of the country. And that can be the last thing we talk about. Um, y'all, I mean, I actually, as I'm saying this, I have all those Arkham games that I could fire up if I wanted to. They're so good. Arkham Asylum, so good. Arkham City, so good. Origins, not great. Knights, eh. But the first two are great. I enjoyed Knight. I thought it was like, I've never played Origins or Asylum. I've only played City and Knight. I thought Knight was like definitely a distinct step down from City, but it was still enjoyable. If you're looking for the open world thing, Arkham Asylum is not for you, but I thought I think it's a lot tighter and more cohesive, and I feel like it's it's a little bit more streamlined. I am not looking for an open world. I want my game on railroad tracks. So awesome. <laughs> Arkham Asylum. All right, y'all. Um, so SP Plus, by the way, has us in the top ten, uh, the third best offense in the country. Um, the third best defense, but the third best offense in the country. So that's cool. All right. Um, we're going to get out of here. By the way, um, hopefully by the time this comes out, I'm going to be on the Pop Cultures Hub podcast feed um, talking about the Santa Claus trilogy. So if you want to hear my thoughts about the Santa Claus trilogy and its lore, <laughs> uh, you can go ahead and find me there. Um, other than that, we'll see y'all next week deuces bye craig kick him oh let me turn let me turn off the robot let me turn him off